Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another episode of Jum'ah Nights. I hope you enjoyed our last series with regards to the maqamat of the Imams. And like I said, today we'll be starting a new series with regards to death and barzakh. And for our first topic with regards to this topic, we will be starting with the removal of the soul, which is the first part of death. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. When we look at death, the phase of removing the soul comes after the individual is in the state of ihtidar, the state that is leading to death. So these two phases are completely interlinked with each other and that's what we want to discuss today in some detail because obviously there's a lot to say about this topic but we want to discuss it in the following points. Number one, what does the Quran say about the removal of the soul? Number two, what do the ahadith say about the topic of the removal of the soul and number three what is it that determines our state when we are going through this process of the removal of the soul so we want to start first of all with looking at the quran as we mentioned we see in the quran in surah al-qiyamah in verses 26 to 30 after the basmalah allah says Allah says, Nay, they shall not believe until their soul reaches their collarbone. And it will be said, Who is here to cure him? You see this idea of somebody that is there to recite something or to do something in order to save him. Of course, at the point of death, there's nothing anybody can do. And he understands or he begins to think that it is time for me now to part from this world. This is the firaq here, the separation between that soul and the life of this world. This is a beautiful ayah. This is speaking about the metaphorical way in which the saq of the dunya and the saq of the akhirah are becoming one in that moment. For that individual who is going through that death, the reality of this dunya and the reality of the akhirah become one in front of him. The veils are lifted. So the, the, the words used here is that there's a twisting of one uh, saq over another saq. It's speaking about these two sections overlapping. And this is a beautiful kind of way of explaining it because what this ayah is suggesting is that in that moment, in that very moment, the veils are lifted and that individual, he's able to see the link between this world and the hereafter. He's able to see the, either the beauty of his belief or the ugliness of his belief. And this is the idea that, that, that the akhirah is something that is very close to us. Heaven is very close to us. Paradise is very close to us. And hellfire the same way is very close to us. But we don't recognize it. We don't see it or we don't feel it in that moment until the veils are lifted. And that's when we see the reality. And this idea that paradise is close to us and that hellfire is close to us, we see this in other parts of the Quran as well. Allah says in Surah Al-Kahf, in verses 100 and 101, after the Basmala, Allah says, He says that we will show them, we will bring to light for them the hellfire on that day for the disbelievers and we will show them it. 
الذين كانت عيونهم في غطاء عن ذكري وكانوا لا يستطيعون سمعا he says those who their eyes were covered with veils في غطاء عن ذكري from my remembrance they were covered in veils from my remembrance وكانوا لا يستطيعون سمعا and they were not able to hear. When they would hear, for example, the verses of the Quran, the teachings of Islam, they weren't able to digest those things. These are the individuals that they will be, that hellfire will be brought to light for them. It's not that it will be brought from an external source. It will just be taken away that veil that was over their eyes and show them that in fact, the hellfire was right next to them. Allah says in Surah Tawbah, in verse number 49, at the end of the ayah, he says, وَإِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ لَمُحِيثَةٌ بِالْكَافِرِينَ Indeed, the hellfire is encompassing. It is all around those who disbelieve. So the hellfire is close to them. They are just unable to see it. There are veils over their eyes and those will be removed after their removal of the soul begins. And the same way, paradise is the same thing. It is something that is connected to us intrinsically but we are unable to feel it. And they are not these things that are far away. And this is an interesting idea that we will discuss even in the following upcoming episodes, inshallah. And then going back to the ayat that we started with in Surah Al-Qiyamah, Allah says in the 30th verse, إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذِنَ الْمَسَاقِ On that day, it is towards your Lord that your journey begins, the path begins. And that path, that journey is described as a very, very long one. We see in the hadith of Amir Mu'mineen wasalam, that he mentions that this is one of the longest journeys that an individual will go on. As for those who are the enemies of Allah and Ahlul Bayt wasalam, their journey is the longest. And for those who are the believers and they are those who ally themselves with the Ahlul Bayt wasalam, it is a short journey that they will not even notice. This is what the ahadith explain with regards to this journey. This is what we see with regards to those who believe. Allah says in Surah Yunus, in verses 62 to 64 after the Basmala, He says, Indeed, those who ally with Allah, and of course, allying with Allah is allying with the Messenger and the Ahlul Bayt They will not fear on that day at all. And there will be no grief for them. Those who used to believe, used to believe in what? Primarily, belief in the Quran, Iman, is characterized by the wilayah of Amir Mu'mineen. And they used to have taqwa. They used to use this idea of taqwa. What does taqwa come from? Taqwa is from the root wiqaya prevention they used to use the teachings and the aqaid of ahl bayt to stay away from all of the false teachings this is the shia of amir mu'minin that is speaking about the true shia of course the true believers in the quran who had taqwa are those who stuck to the teachings of ahl bayt and kept themselves away from all false teachings these are the ones that don't have any khawf they don't have any fear on that day they don't have any sadness or grief when their soul is being removed they begin to see beauty of the next world he says allah says they will have 
the glad tidings in the life of this world and in the akhirah and there is no change to the words of Allah and that is truly the great victory for these believers what is this glad tidings that they see in their lifetimes and in the akhirah this is speaking about that moment of the removal of the soul for that believer he will see the faces of Muhammad and Ali this is the glad tidings that he will feel. And we see this in the ahadith of the Imams السلام, that upon the soul being removed, these are the two faces that you will see. The same way, imagine being from the enemies of Allah, being from the enemies of Muhammad or Al-Muhammad. That is where you will see the ugliness of your belief, the evil that was in your heart. You will see that at the exact moment of the removal of your soul. This is what the ahadith say. We're going to keep this open we have a narration from Imam Sadiq والسلام, on Ali ibn Uqba and Abihi so Ali ibn Uqba narrates from his father that he spoke to Imam Sadiq والسلام, Imam Sadiq says Ya Uqbatu la yaqbalullahu min al-ibadi yawm al-qiyamati illa hadha al-amr al-ladhi antum alayhi he says that on the day of judgment Allah will not accept anything except for this amr, this affair, this aqeedah that you are upon الَّذِي أَنْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ He says وَمَا بَيْنَ أَحَدِكُمْ وَبَيْنَ إِنْ يَرَى مَا تَقَرُّ بِهِ عَيْنُهُ إِلَّا أَنْ تَبْلُغَ نَفْسُهُ إِلَى هَذِهِ ثُمَّ أَحْوَى بِيَدِهِ إِلَى الْوَرِيدِ He says that and what is between you and seeing that which will make your, your eyes happy when your soul reaches your neck as he pointed towards the neck he says that then he stopped talking and he sat up He says that Mu'alla was with him so he encouraged him to ask He asks the Imam he said so when his soul reaches his neck. What is the thing that he will see? He asked the Imam about 10 times. What is the thing that the individual will see? And every time he would just say that he will see that which will make him happy. And he never used to say what. He said and on another occasion. In this occasion, the Imam didn't say what that individual will see. But in another occasion, they were sitting. He says, Ya Uqbatu, Fakultu Labbaik wa Sa'daik. He says, he responded to the Imam. He said, yes, I am at your service. The Imam said, Abayta illa an ta'alam. So the Imam asked him, is it a must that you should know? So he responded, فَقُلْتُ نَعَمْ يَا بْنُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ إِنَّمَا دِينِي مَعَ دِينِكَ فَإِذَا ذَهَبَ دِينِي كَانَ ذَلِكَ كَيْفَ لِي بِكَ يَا Abn Rasulullah Kulla sa'atin wa bakaytu farrakhali So he's saying that No, I have to know this My religion is with your religion I believe in your imam How can I not know what this is? I need to know about my religion The imam says Faqala yarahuma wallah He says he will see the two of them I swear by Allah Faqultu bi abi wa ummi manhuma He said I'm, I'm, my, my father and mother be sacrificed for you. Who are the two individuals? He 
He says that Uqba, no nafs, no believing soul shall die except that they shall see these two. He asked, so if he, if this individual was to see Muhammad and Ali السلام, will he return to this dunya? He said that no, he will not return to this world. He will see it in front of him once he looks at them. So he asked, are they going to say anything to him? So he says that yes, they will say something. They will enter together upon the believer. The Rasulullah will sit at the head of the believer and Ali will sit by the legs of the believer. فَيُكِبُّ عَلَيْهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَيَقُولُ So Rasulullah will say to him, يَا وَلِيُّ اللَّهِ أَبْشِرْ أَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِنِّي خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِمَّا تَرَكْتَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Rasulullah will say, O ally of Allah. You see, it says in the ayah, O awliya of Allah, right? He says, O ally of Allah, be happy and have glad tidings that I am Rasulullah and I am greater for you than that which you have left in the dunya. And then Rasulullah will leave فَيَقُومُ عَلِيٌّ حَتَّى يُكِبُّ عَلَيْهِ And Imam Ali السلام, will come and he will stand next to him and he will say يَا وَلِيُّ اللَّهِ أَبْشِرْ أَنَا عَلِي بْنُ أَبِي طَالِبِ الَّذِي كُنْتَ تُحِبُّهُ أَمَا لَأَنْفَعَنَّكِ He says O oh, ally of Allah there are glad tidings for you because I am Ali bin Abi Talib That person whom you used to love should I not be of service to you should i not give you something of value at this point the imam said this is mentioned in the quran so the companion asked where is this mentioned in the quran the ayah that we recited, the glad tidings that the individual will get at the time of the removal of the soul. So you see this, that at the time of the removal of the soul, the believing soul sees Muhammad and Ali, and that gives him the glad tidings of that which is to come in the hereafter. And you can see that this is only as a result of the correct aqidah. The, how does the narration start? Imam al-Sadiq says, on the day of judgment, Allah will not accept anything except for this affair, this aqidah that you are upon. That is the only way that you would be able to see this beauty upon the removal of the soul. Sometimes people think that aqidah is not that important. They think that you know, what difference does it make to my life, what my aqidah is, as long as I'm a good person, as long as I'm kind, as long as I give charity, what difference does my aqidah make? But this is the difference that it makes. In your akhirah, it is when you look at the removal of the soul, when you look at the barzakh, when you look at the day of judgment and all of the things that lead up to the day of judgment, the mahshar and all of the stages of the day of judgment, everything is centered around belief, is centered around aqidah. And that's what we're trying to focus on in these three episodes because the journey of death is one that I cannot summarize into three episodes on Jum'ah nights. It's not something that is going to be possible because there is so much to go through. 
And that's why I want to just focus on the importance of aqidah in all of these stages that we encounter at the time of death. But with that said, the belief of that mu'min has to be accompanied, accompanied with the taqwa, with ensuring that they stay away in their actions, in their sayings, in their beliefs, all away from those who are the enemies of Allah and the Ahlul Bayt There's no point in saying that you believe something, but not being up to the task when it comes to actually acting it out. And that's why Iman is in three parts. And this is what the narrations say. When we speak about the correct aqidah, this is not for full good factor. This is the importance of actually learning our aqidah, applying it in our lives. Because without that, there is going to be no real fruit. The, the same way that all actions are not accepted without the wilaya, right? If we don't have the wilaya, then all the good actions, they go to waste. But having the wilaya by itself without good actions is also not the best thing to have. You need to have the wilaya and you have to also be able to build on that in your actions. We see in a narration here in Ma'anu al-Akhbar on page 288, we have a narration from Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salatu wasalam. It's narrated from... Imam al-Ridha who narrates from Imam Musa ibn Ja'far, who narrates from Imam al-Sadiq, who narrates from Muhammad al-Baqir, who narrates from Ali ibn al-Husayn, who narrates from Imam al-Husayn, who narrates from Amir al-Mu'mineen. So you can see here that this is an important narration. When we see in the narrations that the Imams actually narrate from their fathers all the way going back to Amir al-Mu'mineen, you can see that there's an importance in this narration. Amir al-Mu'mineen was asked, Siflan al-Mawt. They asked him, can you describe for us death? Imam Ali salam responds by saying, He says, you have asked this question to somebody who knows. Yeah, you've come to somebody with good information with regards to this. He says there are three possibilities with regards to death. He says, He says, either you'll be given glad tidings of good forever. Or you'll be given tidings with regards to punishment forever. And the third individual is one who is in a state of confusion and he doesn't know which of the two uh, he falls into. He says, as for the one who is an ally to us and obeys our orders, then he is the one who is given a lifetime or forever of good. And as for the one who is an enemy to us, Al-Mukharif alayna fahuwa al-Mubashar bi and the one who is an enemy to us, the one who is against us, he is given the tidings of a punishment that lasts forever. He says that the one who doesn't know, the one who's confused, is who is a mu'min, is a believer, the one who lacked in his aqidah, lacked in his actions. Right, because the Imam mentioned there, waliyuna al amrina, the one that has a lifetime or forever tidings of good, that is the one who believed in their wilaya and also obeyed their orders. He also did good things. He also had taqwa, but this individual he didn't get to that level. He he basically lacked with regards to his actions, so he doesn't know what is going to end up with. He says that the news will come to him in a way that is causing doubt for him and is scary for him. But Allah will not make him the same as our enemies. But he will take him out of the nar. He says he will take him out of the hellfire 
with our shafa'ah. He will take them out with our intercession. So he says, وَأَطِيءُ He says, so do good deeds and obey Allah, obey the messenger, obey the imams. He says, don't take the punishment of Allah lightly. So he says, فَإِنَّ مِنَ الْمُسْرَفِينَ مَنْ لَا تَلْحَقُهُ شَفَاءَتَنَا إِلَّا بَعْدَ عَذَابٍ أَلْفْ سَنَةٍ That is a crazy, crazy number that he's mentioned here. He says, for, for those who have lacked, there are those who will not receive our intercession except after punishment for 300,000 years. 300,000 years of punishment before he gets the intercession of the Imams. There's, some of these are mu'mineen, some of these people that in this world they used to say that we love the Imams, we are the Shia of the Imams. This, when we say the correct Aqeedah, it's not something that you just get like for free, just by saying, I believe in Ali bin Abi Talib as my Imam. That doesn't mean that now you're just going to go straight to Jannah, even though some of the narrations might make it seem like that. This is speaking about the people that are at the highest level of Shia when it says that they enter straight into Jannah. Those are the people that had taqwa in this world, that had such a connection with the Imam of their time, that that was their reality. When the eyes opened up, they see the Imam right in front of them because the Imam has been with them all along. That is the reality of those Shia. Not of these individuals that when they open their eyes and they pass away, they see a doubtful state they don't know what they're going to to be they don't know how long they're going to be punished for before they receive the intercession of Ahlul Bayt so we gave three options of people those who are true Shia of Ahlul Bayt those who are enemies of Ahlul Bayt and those who are Shia they are Mu'min however they lack in their actions they lack in their obedience they lack in the true and correct Aqeedah because the true and correct Aqeedah has to show on you there's no point in like for example the stuff that we spoke about previously believing that the imams have wilaya I believe that they have ilmul ghaib all of these things are correct and they are part of the correct aqidah but without it actually manifesting into your life then there is at that point it's like you know you have all the correct beliefs but you haven't acted upon any of them then at that point you have not been an obedient servant and the imams will not be able to give you their shafa'a until you have tasted some of the punishment of the nar. And then you have the highest levels of death. This is a beautiful narration we have from Imam Sajjad salam. He says that when the matter became tough on Imam Hussain when he was dying in Karbala, when he was being martyred, they said that those who were on the opposing army of them, they used to see their comrades die and they used to see their color change and they used to have a hard death. They used to always feel like they're, they're shaking and they're going through a hard period of death. And then they used to see from the companions of Mamal Hussein that when they used to be killed, they used to become brighter in their color and their bodies would become at rest. And their souls would be at peace. They used to say to themselves, Look at this individual, he doesn't care about death even. They're looking at Imam al Hussein being killed. He doesn't even care about death. So Imam al Hussein, look what he says. He says, فَقَالَ لَهُمُ الْحُسَيْنِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ صَبْرًا بَنِ الْكِرَامِ فَمَا الْمَوْتُ إِلَّا قَنْتَرَةً 
تعبر بكم عن البؤس والذراء إلى الجنان الواسعة والنئيم الدائمة He says what is death He said have patience what is death except for a bridge that takes you from pain and suffering to paradise that is wide and blessings that are there forever فأيكم يكره أن ينتقل من سجن إلى قصر He says, which one of you would you would hate to be moved from a prison to a castle to a palace? Who would hate for that to happen? He says, and for your enemies, it is not as if it is not except as if they have been moved from a palace except into a prison and into punishment. He, and then Imam Al-Hussein says إن أبي حدثني أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله أن الدنيا سجن المؤمن وجنة الكافر والموت جسر هؤلاء إلى جناتهم وجسر هؤلاء إلى جهيمهم ما كذبت ولا كذبت He says that the, the Rasulullah said to him He says that the dunya, this world is a prison for the mu'min, for the believer And it is a paradise for the kafir, for the disbeliever And it is death that takes those individuals that are in the sijin The mu'minun, those who are in a prison Until their jannat, into their paradise And those who are in the jannah here in this world The kuffar, the disbelievers It takes them to their hellfire And there is nothing in this which is a lie This is the beauty of the words of Imam Al-Hussein with regards to death if we see the children of the Imams like Qasim Ibn Hassan he says that death is sweeter to me than honey then look at the understanding of Imam Al-Hussein Imam Al-Hussein cannot be compared in his understanding with regards to death and how beautiful it must be for Imam Al-Hussein but this is the highest level of death for the individual who is a true mu'min it is Actually, now that he becomes free and happy and peaceful when he moves out of this dunya into the akhirah. So then we want to get to the point of what is it that determines this state for you? Obviously, we've mentioned with regards to aqidah, but the Imam Sadiq wasalam, he says in a narration we read from Bihar al-Anwar in volume number 6, page 195 from Imam Sadiq and Abi Khadija. The Imam says, he says that there's nobody that goes through death except that shaitan sends from his minions to go to that person. He says that they will go towards that individual and try to tell him to disbelieve and to make him doubt his religion when his soul is leaving his body. So he says, فَمَنْ كَانَ مُؤْمِنًا لَمْ يَقْتِرْ عَلَيْهِ When the one who is a believer, they will not be able to do that. فَإِذَا حَضَرْتُمْ مَوْتَاكُمْ فَلَّقِنُوهُمْ شَهَادَةَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ حَتَّى يَمُوتُ He says, so if you are by those who are dying, then make sure that you repeat upon them this salqeen. Tell them what they believe, that they believe that لَا إِلَهِ اللَّهُ أَنْ مُحَمَدًا رَسُولُ important to be recited not only after the person has died but also when they are in the state of dying in the state of ihtidhar because it is at that point that the shayateen come to them and they keep telling them no don't believe make you doubt in your belief because that's the last moment in your life and that's the last chance of shaitan to sway you from your aqidah in this world so that's why here it is important that we 
do talqeen, we make sure that we recite to those individuals their true belief. We recite texts like Ziyarat Jami'a Al-Kabira. We recite texts like Dua Al-Nudba to make sure that they remember their aqa'id, they remember their beliefs so that it cannot be swayed away from them in the last moments of their life. This is important and it's really important that the correct things are recited. Ziyarat Jami'a is a beautiful thing to recite at somebody who is dying. Ziyar Jami'ah as taught by Imam Al-Hadi is the most eloquent and most complete way of addressing any of the Ma'sumin because it, com it is complete in its belief, in the belief in Tawheed, in the belief in the Rasul, in the belief in the Imams and all of the Aqa'id in the most complete way are described in Ziyar Jami'ah Al-Kabira. It is a beautiful Ziyarah that encompasses all of the meanings that is required with regards to the correct belief when somebody is dying. Of course, Ziyad Jami'ah is limited in that it is the best that we can recite and understand and comprehend with our minds. Otherwise, there's nobody that can explain the status of the Imams. And the Ziyarah itself says this in saying that, that nobody can describe your, your, your status and your ranks. And the importance of the Aqidah at that moment cannot be overstated. The, the Aqidah in the last moment of that individual is so so important and we see this in a hadith Imam, in Imam Sadiq والسلام, you know what he says in Al-Kafi we have in volume 3 the Imam says Wallahi law anna abida wathanin wasafa ma tasifuna in the khuruji nafsihi ma tamaatin naru min jasadihi shay'an abada look at the beauty of that statement the Imam says I swear by Allah, if the one who worships idols says and he believes in that which you guys believe, the Shia, at the time where his soul is leaving his body, he says that the Nar would not be able to take anything away from his body. It would not be able to touch his body. Because that moment, that crucial moment of death is where, that is where everything matters. That is the moment where you have to believe that is the crucial moment and that's why the Allah says in the Quran ya ayyuhalladhina amanu ittaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun it is at that moment when you are dying he says do not die except that you are a muslim you are submitted in entirety you have to be submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the Prophet and to the Imams. And that is the crucial moment of Aqidah, that is the most crucial moment of your life. That at the last breath, the shayateen are not able to come to you and to put doubts in your heart. That is the most important thing with regards to the removal of the soul. So I hope that's been a beneficial episode inshallah and we'll be back again next week to speak about the possible outcomes of Barzakh and what the possible outcomes are what could you go through in Barzakh what are the possibilities so I'll see you again for that next week inshallah wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh